Welcome! It's time for Movie Mastery. Won't you pull up a seat and join us, please? At a little table we like to call America. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Join us at the kids' table called America. The kids' table. (laughs) Uh, I am John, and that was Jeff, and we are your hosts for Movie Mastery. We are doing in theaters now it is the podcast where we watch the movies that you make us watch and come back with a report on what we just saw like we read i don't know the scarlet letter in school or something <laughs> well i did see the scarlet letter in theaters is, is that helpful no it isn't i got i had to look at gary oldman's river shrunk dongus <laughs> river shrunk dongus well <laughs> that's good that's a good title didn't he also star in oh no wait i'm thinking of joaquin phoenix i can't do any river phoenix jokes because i can't remember any river phoenix movies off the top of my head shit oh that's sad i feel bad now oh no what's eating gilbert grape no that's not it what what wait wait hold on any given river phoenix movie hold on a river runs through it is that right yeah a river phoenix runs through it he's in that movie i think that no 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 that's brad pitt yeah, that is Brad Pitt. Oh, is it? Okay, Legends of the Fall. There we go. Now you got it. Okay, I think I'm up to speed. Yeah, Fight Club. That was his last movie, I think. Yeah, his last movie ever yeah. that he except saw. For, except for Ocean's 13. <laughs> uh, Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. So we have just been to the theaters, mm-hmm. and we have seen what barely won this month, just edging out. The house with a clock in its walls. Really? I would have figured it was just beating out The Nun. No, no. I mean, None was... It had votes, but the top two with one vote separating them were House with Clock in its Walls and what we did see, The Predator. I'm a little sad that the movie that won this month wasn't The Nun, yeah. <laughs> uh, new horror movie this month, The Ligma? <laughs> What's a horror movie? <laughs> uh, spook my balls. <laughs> None your business. Uh, okay, yeah, we saw the predator. <laughs> What's upstairs? Uh, stairs can't talk to you. <laughs> What's upstairs? <laughs> What's up, gamers? <laughs> I don't know. What's up, gamers, with you? Uh... This is my YouTube show where I do Minecraft videos. Anyway, we saw The Predator. Now, we're going to get into the full spoiler review in a bit, but we're going to do our surface level right now. Surface level review. Jeff, without any spoilers or anything, what would you say about The Predator? It's a Shane Black movie. It's It's got good comic energy and timing. Uh, he's He always has good casts. Uh, and there's always a lot of fun shit happening in them. I mean, I know a lot of people malign it because it didn't have the actual old-fashioned Chinese Mandarin in it, but Iron Man 3 is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I thought you were going to say that people wanted the Mandarin in (laughs) The Predator, and I'm like, wait, hold on. How come there isn't an old-school Chinese Mandarin in this movie, John? That's all I'm saying. Look, Every Predator movie dating back to 1986's Predator, the original, featured an old-fashioned Chinese Mandarin walking around and yelling (laughs) about his rings of power. Yeah, that's just a staple of the movies, and the fact that they got rid of it seems weird. I know, I'm surprised they got rid of it. Now, to be fair, it isn't in The Predator 2, because that's kind of an offshoot film. In that one, instead, Danny Glover faces off against the massive dragon, Fin Fang Foom. (laughs) Man, how much do I want to see that? (laughs) Kind of a lot. (laughs) Danny Glover versus Fin Fang Foom. It's actually actually called that, too. Oh, yeah, it's not him playing a character. It's just (laughs) fucking Danny Glover. 
and current period Danny Glover, the kind of Danny Glover that shows up in Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> the one that's actually too old for this shit. <laughs> yep, that's that's the one I want. Uh, uh, no, I meant that I liked Iron Man 3 uh, okay. a bit. Now, yeah, so it's it's crackly and it's fun and the dialogue's fun and it's zany and over the top. It, it, it's a good, fine film marred, of course, by some controversy that neither of us is in any particular degree of expertise to address really meh yeah like uh, whatever they pulled the scene with the guy and at this point i'm like okay it's done like the studio didn't try and double down and be an asshole about anything yeah One and of, even shane black also issued a kind of i had no idea kind of statement so yeah at that point know. i'm like there's no controversy it's not like anyone was fighting against it well the controversy that apparently he's been doing it for years like that dude is also in iron man 3 uh, so I, I don't know you'd have to show me who which dude it is i don't i have no idea yeah. So, uh, for me, my no spoilers review is this was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's, that's where I'd stick. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I love the trappings of this, basically. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it hangs all together as well as it could have. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, I think it's a bit confused tonally uh yeah and and i think that the in their attempt to build a roster of fun interesting characters they ended up having to reach a little bit for unique traits and ended up on some dumb ones yeah and also i i really felt like they were trying to make a predator film with the sensibilities of guardians of the galaxy yeah where and you're like oh the whole team is funny and we make jokes and we're like good friends having a good time and you're like that's that's a real weird take on the Predator. That and also everyone needed to get uh, kind of go along to get along. Like the movie, once someone's involved in the movie, they're like, oh, okay, I'm on board now. And it takes them very little time. Yeah. Uh, which is which is weird. No, it was... It, it's got some weird things to it. Yeah. But I don't, again... I, don't, I know, don't hate it necessarily. No, I watched it and I was entertained and, you know, stuff blows up. Mm -hmm. aliens shoot lasers great yeah no it's pretty much what you want from a predator movie in that there's some big hulking dudes playing predators and they throw things around and shoot dudes and blow stuff up yeah now there aren't unfortunately there aren't enough big hulking dudes fighting the predators yeah see that's the big problem of heaven right now is your main cast was no one was like a super buff man well there was the one dude I, i'm gonna have to look up who played what during the break but the one dude uh, the the suicidal friend of the main character, Nebraska, Nebraska Williams was deaf. I'm, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Um, was particularly beefcakey. Like he had a, he had a lot of muscle in his in his upper. Oh, in his he uppers. was. He had some good muscles on him, but I, I mean, not he's, everyone. He's no Jesse Ventura. No one's. The, the problem is that trying to reassemble the beef muscle cast of the original Predator is basically impossible. Oh yeah, that was just the dream team of slab men. Yeah. That is an, that's a movie that you can't fit into a Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, at this point, you would have had to go, look, guys, we basically had to do a different version of The Expendables, and now we've got, like, Vin Diesel and The Rock and any other dude who's just sort of more muscle than anything else. Yeah, pretty much. And and um, we already are, have those movies, and we're calling them Fast and the Furious for some reason. Yeah, I don't so. know why, but great. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, worth a decent look in the theaters, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know... It's not, like, going to be the end of the world if you don't go see it. It's just sort of interesting. Uh, uh, one thing I would say is, is uh, you know what? I'll save it for after the break. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back after a little bit of music with the full spoiler review of The Predator. 
And we are back. It's time to dig deep. Let's get into the guts of this predator, those big Dayglow green guts. Well, why don't we start with this, John? Where does this fit for you in the canon of Predator films? Do you think that this is a contender to the original Predator movie? Or as far as or is it like better, quality or yeah, like like uh, if you were to have to watch a Predator movie tomorrow and you hadn't watched the Predator yesterday, huh. uh, you know, so you don't want to just see it twice in rapid succession. Would you rather watch this or Predator or Predator Two? Or oh, Alien? the original Predator is hands down the best Predator because they got exactly what I want from a Predator movie mm-hmm. completely right, and that didn't happen in this movie. Yeah. Or what's that other one where they go to the Predator planet and it's, oh, yeah, like, it's got like Adrian uh, Brody and shit in it? I think it's it. just Predators. Which is, you know what, the naming convention on these Predator movies is rough, isn't it? Yeah. There, at this point, there's Predator, Predators, The Predator, Yeah, I and mean, Predator we got one two. Predator 2 yeah. and a couple Alien versus Predator. Yeah, and those AVP movies can go hang. They're, they're, both of them are terrible. Yeah, I, I only saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. And the first one, that's why I didn't see the second one. And I, I just went... Oh, the second one's aw. better than the first one because it plays a bit more like a horror movie. The first one's, the, if I'm remembering them right, the first AVP is the one that takes place in a, t- a weird temple. pyramid temple thing in yeah. the Antarctic. Yes, yeah, that's it, it's real bad. It's real rough, <laughs> especially towards the end when that extremely terrible CGI alien queen is running around like a T Rex. <laughs> yeah, it's it is no bueno. Yeah, the other one is just like some dipshits from high school get murdered by a predator in a pool or something. <laughs> it's a lot more generic, and also there's aliens there. Good. Yeah. So okay, um, this movie, however, opens with some predator stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, it opens up with predator versus predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a real weird courtroom drama that they decided to turn this into. <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> noises that they constantly make weirdly they seem to make those noises to talk and also just all the time like in this movie they're all they're always making them predator crackles yeah but i mean that's how they talk and it's not like you don't wander around just mumbling to yourself like an old man who's forgotten where his pants are yeah but there's something wrong with me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) in that i don't remember where my pants are and I only own the one pair, John. Support our Patreon. Yeah, support the Patreon. Please. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Buy, buy Jeff one pair of pants. <laughs> buy, buy some pants. Go to Ko-Fi.com and buy Jeff a cup of coffee and a pair of pants. Uh, uh, or he's coming to your house. A cup of coffee pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the movie has the basic premise laid out at the very beginning of one predator chasing down another one mm-hmm. and the fleeing predator like warps his way to earth which i i was kind of amazed that they had that technology i was like huh I weird kinda, i kind of liked that technological shot like if it it basically shot a like a warp gate into space yeah, they and just, just flew shoot through it. a tear into space time and they're like Whoop. it was pretty great actually i, I like that shot although the the movie's premise is uh, you know what? It actually makes sense now that I think about it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire at it. I, I liked it. I like this this opening stuff of the predators on their cool spaceships, and also the one predator just kind of stalking around on his spaceship all muscle man style. Uh, he's thunk. A thunk. And it was like, damn it, these guys are so burly. Predators have never been especially impressive to me as a technological like a costume feat. They always just look like burly dudes kind of just stomping about. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know that's what they are. That, that's that's their deal. Anyway, he makes it unimpeded to Earth, but unfortunately, his ship's all screwed up, so it goes into a crash sequence. Yeah, he uh, takes a pod out and leaves his uh, main ship to go crash somewhere. Like, 
No, I think I think he jettisons the pod and stays on the ship. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does because he's there to guard the wreckage of his ship. No. Yes, he is. Remember? Oh, okay. Remember how he gets caught? Because the next scene we go to is the sniper team, where then they find the predator, and it isn't the ship that got landed there; it was the pod. Okay. Well, then let me. Oh, uh, you piece of shit! Okay. You remember that? Okay. You fuck. You remember where your pants are? <laughs> were there huh? two? Were there two predators on that ship, John? No, there was one, and it got captured. All right. Well, let me ask. Oh, let me ask you this then: Who did Boyd Holbrook's character get in a fight with in the beginning of the movie after he shoots those cartel guys? The guy from the pod. Uh, the predator. There was a predator. The predator in the, in the pod. He got in a fight with the a pred- escape pod because he crashed. finds because he finds a spaceship. No, he finds a pod. He just finds the pod. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. Okay, fine. That, then, then, fine. I'm on board. <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, I thought Lord. he jettisoned the pod because it had secret treasure in it, and then and then crashed the ship elsewhere to draw attention away from the secret treasure pod. No, he. Okay jettisoned himself out of a pod to be fair because either whole... one of these scenarios would work fine and lead to the same desired result well no because the whole like back third of the movie was where is the ship and no one knows where it is yeah someone moved it i don't understand how this is complicated <laughs> for you yeah it's someone... a spaceship john they move around <laughs> that's what they do when they've crashed and burned <laughs> uh, someone moved the spaceship i mean the very next person who finds it is an evil dude with unlimited money he just moved the spaceship and then forgot where he moved it that's all yeah it's just like you and your pants yeah i don't know where i put my pants but i want i am the last person to wear them and so i got them i had unlimited money and Actually, i moved my pants i might be the second last person to wear them i really don't know where they are <laughs> if, if you're wearing my pants right now if you look on the back of those pants and it says property of jeff on there written in sharpie mm-hmm. then you know don't, you don't have to give them back, but do good things while you're wearing them. <laughs> you know, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to turn the lights off, <laughs> and when I turn back around, I expect the pants to be here and there's no uh, repercussions. I'm not going to turn my lights off because that might awake, uh, alert the electric company to the fact that my lights are turned on. <laughs> please, please donate and save me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. The uh, uh, So Boyd Holbrook playing playing Sergeant Major Super Sniper Military Blowjob rece- Recipient. Randall Flag. He, yeah, he's playing <laughs> Quinn McKenna. Actually, and he's he's your standard kind of gung ho super navy army mega uh, uh, soldier type guy. God, I mean, I'm gonna say right now, right here and right now, this movie will not get the soldier dick out of its mouth for any reason. I mean, I don't want to lose our military audience, but boy howdy, this movie is just jam packed with like soldiers always have like the most honor and soldiers never quit and by god we're soldiers and we'll do anything it takes and we're the best and i'm like please for just like five minutes don't turn to the camera and be like join the navy <laughs> like just just for a second hey you join the navy well, all right i wasn't doing anything else <laughs> oh super liminal messaging uh <laughs> No, it's very gung-ho about how great soldiers are in general. Uh, you know the kind of movie that does that. It's any given Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it's You know where just, there's like 25 minutes out of every hour of any given Michael Bay movie is dedicated to shots of F-22s for no reason? <laughs> it's it's a lot of, oh, yeah, I was I was in Army, and Army taught me things. These are my, <laughs> my stuffed animals from Army. <laughs> I won them, mother. <laughs> Army gave me a day off. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so, uh, so Boyd Holbrook playing Quinn McKenna is a sniper, and he is waiting to snipe. It turns out that him and a small team are watching for, uh, some cartel drug guys who have to, hostages. Who have hostages. It's, it's all very nebulous. And, uh, it's it, shit that 
immediately doesn't matter because aliens come down. How nebulous? Well, listen to this. This is how nebulous it is. Uh, one of them's like, I'll give you 20 bucks. They don't have the hostages. And the other guy says, you're on. And that's all over the radio. And then Holbrook, uh, McKenna, has to say, wait, are you guys betting on uh, whether or not they brought the hostages with them or if they've been executed? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we are. Okay, count me in for 20. Count me in for 20 on which side, dickhead? You, you can't just be involved in the bet on... I, I would like to be involved some way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to butt on whoever wins for 20, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's, Good. I'm going to win this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a whole... Like, oh, boys, cartels and hostages, whatever. Immediately doesn't matter because a fucking alien pod comes crashing down into them. What is apparently not a whole spaceship comes flying in. Yeah. If it was an entire spaceship, they would all be dead. Yeah. Yeah, presumably. Uh, so, But instead, it's just a pod, which is the size of a spaceship, as one can easily determine from seeing it in the movie. Uh, and also the color of one. And, and, but and I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm dragging this out for no reason. It crashes. It messes up his whole thing to save the cartel people or... or Sorry, kill the cartel people and save the hostages. Yeah, he manages to like get one shot off and kill a cartel guy, which yeah, great, good Big for deal. you. That's the end it of that just, story. It line. just means ooh, even under pressure, he can make good snipe shots. He's such a sniper. He's an American sniper. We're gonna have to hear about this dude a lot. This guy basically has the like uh, Sylvester Stallone character in a movie thing where everyone has to describe how great he is every time they're anywhere near him. He's Not got Sylvester both Stallone, the, the silver about? star and the purple heart yeah. and the green clover and the blue horseshoe. <laughs> it's Steven Seagal movies that do that. Yes. Where Seagal is like, has to play a character who has a dumb, ironic nickname. They call him the Horseman. Okay, well, oh shit, the Horseman! The Horseman killed 50 guys! You're like, oh, God damn it, I hate this scene. Well, this guy gets that scene like three times. Yeah. There's, I mean, the fact that there's even a scene where he gives himself that scene. I'm like, please don't jack yourself off in uh, this movie. Oh, for Christ's it's sake. It's one thing if someone else is like, don't you know, that guy's a big super badass. Don't mess with him. But when he's like, hey, I'm a big super badass. Don't mess with me. It happens a lot. <laughs> anyway, he goes stomping off into the woods trying to get anyone up on his radio uh, to see what the heck just happened. And he finds a spaceship. Yeah, he... Uh he meets with fucking uh, one of the other guys in his unit, and they can't find the third one, and then, oopsie-daisy, the guy comes, like, dangling out of a tree with his face missing. Yeah, he found the spaceship and dug around in it, and he found a big Predator helmet, like, really big Predator helmet, and also a Predator gauntlet, which he puts on, and it immediately starts activating. Like, latches onto him. Yeah, it latches onto him, and it spits out a little ball, which he swallows. Well, no, he doesn't swallow until the fucking, uh, he goes to mail it. Uh, that's true. I'm sorry. He doesn't swallow it just yet. Instead, a weapon latches onto his arm and starts shooting at his enemies for him because the Predator has already caught the third guy in his unit and is dangling him from a tree. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, and clawed half his face off. Yeah. He's missing his face. He's yeah. dangling from a tree. Mm -hmm. And Predator does his Predator business. He, like, mimics their voices and fucks around for a bit and, uh... Then he tries to shoot at them, and and uh, and the gauntlet manages to like shoot off one of those little spinny blade things, which, and he gets away. Yeah, he catches the predator with it, but it doesn't kill him, and it cuts his friend who was hanging from the tree in half. Yeah, which which okay. which then blood from his friend pours onto the predator who's lying on the ground, so you can see him even though he had his invisibility nonsense turned on. Yeah, uh, it's a great shot, actually. I, I really like that shot. Yeah, it's um, it's a good way to be like, oh, he still got his little camouflage thing, but now you can see him. He's covered in blood. Yeah, it's. It's a nice shot. The other dude dies, and uh, McKenna gets away. Yes. All right, we cut to a scene of him. I'm sorry. Before we can do the scene of him in Mexico, we first have to see the bad guys arrive on scene. Ah, the bad guys. Fucking uh, Project Stargazer. Yeah, Stargazer is 
at first seems like it's just like, oh, we're the government people who know that fucking predators exist and we're just here to clean up the mess because mm-hmm. we know they'll show up and when they do we're like all right f- fucking let's get all this shit in the truck then i guess so stargazer is headed up by an extremely over-the-top sterling k brown he might be my favorite thing in this movie i love his character he's got just so much little business going on in the background for his like little ticks for things he's super crackly he's super energetic and after a while you realize that all of project stargazer just does whatever he says and he is mean and crazy oh yeah i mean he's got just these little traits like oh he's constantly chewing gum for some reason just like he already has two pieces in there he throws another one in there yeah so he's popping gum uh he's hilariously curt with anyone he's talking to and he Uh, he cleans loose ends at a ridiculous speed and he just seems to really love what he's doing. Like, yes. he has this almost manic energy for, like, yeah, I'm fucking around with Predator stuff. This is great. Yeah, he's a great character. But they find that they, uh, they find the craft spaceship, and he's like, all right, remember, they're big, they're mean, and their, their idea of a fun time out is fucking with you. So uh, be real careful. And then he's like, you guys know what I want. I want, th- I want all the weapons. I want all the things. I want anything that isn't from Earth. And they're like, so you got it, boss. If you find anything from Earth, I want that shit. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's the full conversation. Yeah. Then we cut to McKenna. He is wandering through that part of Mexico where movies are set. Yeah. That, uh, that one village that seems like it should be in the middle of nowhere and yet also has everything you would want. Yes, and every building is one story and made of tin. It's exactly where Once Upon a Time in Mexico was made. Yeah. It's just that, it's that building. It's that one part of Mexico where movies are made. Yeah, you're like, here's all of our adobe houses. Hooray. Yeah, and in the middle of the day, there's a surprising number of, like, burly Mexican work dudes just sitting there. Uh, But, so anyway, uh, he scares them all by showing them a gun. And then forces a bartender to mail the contents of a backpack he has to an address that we don't get to see. Uh, when the bartender hustles off to do so, uh, he takes a little metal ball out of uh, out of uh, his pocket, puts it in some tequila, and swallows it. Yeah, which we know the metal ball turns you into the predator invisibility thing because he uses that in the scene. He's yes, like, that's how he gets the bartender to mail stuff. He scares him by going, look, I can turn invisible. Yeah, because at first he's like, I have a gun. And the bartender's like, fuck you, I don't care if you have a gun. He's like... What if I was invisible and had a gun? Oh, no. Oh, that's 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 much scarier. Okay, please, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm freaked like, out. All right. Is it? Is it? Because being invisible isn't a weapon, exactly. I mean, yes, it's a little freaky, but... Oh, it's freaky-deaky, but the fact that he immediately goes along with it and is like, yes, I will definitely mail this for you, and then runs off and isn't like, JK, I'm keeping this. Why would I keep this promise? You just got caught by the fucking feds or whatever. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> But his whole thing where he's like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm not scared of being shot. I'm going to shoot you while I'm invisible. Oh, <laughs> shit. That is, that is legitimately scary. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We, uh, motherfucker. We go now to a high school or elementary school. In, it's indeterminate. It's in one of those things where, town. where the main character appears to be like five years younger than everyone else in his grade. Oh, yeah. It's like, what are you? You look like you're seven and everyone else is like 13. It's this one, is yeah. weird. Uh, but, this, is, this is the young Jacob Tremblay as the, the son of, of McKenna. And welcome to the quirk that I, or trope uh, that I hate in a movie. I've, I have yet to see it laid on as thick as it is here. The, oh, no, so wait, his, that's not true. His kid... Uh, we find in this scene some, like, bullies pull a fire alarm while he's at chess club, and mm-hmm. he 
he is autistic and has a sensory overload moment where he can't deal with the sound of the alarm. And at least at first, I was like, oh, you're doing a realistic depiction of like someone that has autism. It's not, you know, oh, I have autism, which means I see numbers or whatever. But instead, he just has like a sensory overload thing. Some bullies kind of mess with the chess pieces. And then he gets up and rearranges all the pieces to where they were. Yeah, and they have to come in saying, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm a little hungry for Asperger's. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I know you're trying to make fun of the kid with autism, but saying you're hungry for Asperger's is a weird... Oh, yeah, I was like... A, are you that... cell-phoning? What is happening right now? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, you're hungry for Asperger's? I eat little pieces of ass like you for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a millennial. Of course I eat ass for breakfast. <laughs> it, it was a very bad dumb thing so they go to threaten him but he's so busy on the sensory overload thing from the fire alarms that he doesn't engage with them yelling at him and poking at him so they get mad and just leave and they knock over all the chessboard pieces on all the chessboards and this is when it's revealed that his autism is a superpower because he gets back up and puts every single chess piece back exactly where they had been now i was sort of expecting something like that because honestly in a in a Hollywood movie, you don't just give someone autism unless that turns into something they use. Yes. It's real sad, but that's the way it is. So yeah. when he, like, oh, he put all the chess pieces back, I'm like, okay, he's got, like, eidetic memory or whatever. Yes. That's fine. That's at least something that you can kind of get away with. But no, it's going to turn out that he has super autism and he has superpowers, and you're just like, oh, Please don't. That to the is... point where Olivia Munn's character is forced in this film to say that autism is the next stage in human evolution and that he's simply processing things faster than a computer. Yeah. Motherfucker, I hate that shit so much. I mean, this is the new, uh, like, uh, Stephen King trope where he was like, oh, it's always the magical retarded kid. That's me. It's... Everyone hates this kid, and then uh, it turns out he's got psychic powers, and that was... Which is, it's a difference, it's a variation on the trope, because back when they did the kid with Down syndrome who has superpowers from the old uh, Stephen King stuff, it was always that the superpower was unrelated. It was like, this kid's, sure, he's got a mental disorder, but also, he's magic. Where this is like, this kid has autism, and his autism is literally an evolutionary leap. It's, it is the next in the step from, we had magical Negro... We had mm-hmm. magical retard. Now we have magical Asperger's, and it's just keep going along this chain of stop, stop taking something and being like, ah, oh, you know what'll make this better is if we make you a superhero because of it. Like just, just stop treating it as something weird. Like, don't. The, pro- the yeah, the problem is that they don't. They never address the actual. Dis- disorder or disability they just say oh it's not that it's a great thing you it's kind of like how in every romantic comedy the girl has to like love football and stuff like it's not okay for the for the woman in a romantic com- comedy to celebrate the aspects of womanhood they used have to be like i'm just one of the dudes i wish this these dudes that i was just one of would like me yeah but i'm too much like a dudes yeah it's like they, they're unwilling to engage with the meat of the thing that they're looking at instead they try to say oh it's just great the thing you are it's 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 not hard it's great yeah there's it's just bad i don't like it and i hate it Everything's i know it's bad it's it's not it's not a great trope 
but so the kid puts all the chess pieces back the way they were, which is weird because he puts a lot of them back like exactly halfway between one chess square and another square and another on the board. And I was like, wait, is everyone else in this room real bad at playing chess and you're just trying to recreate their terrible chess games? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're bad at moving. You weren't very accurate at moving your piece, so I'll put it back in the dumb position you put it. Yeah. This game, this game's going to be super confusing when they come back in here. Oh, wait a minute. Where the fuck was I? Yeah. So he puts them all back and then he goes home. Yep. Uh, the, the kid at home, there is a bunch of nonsense waiting for him from the post office. Oh boy, is this ever a mess. When he gets home, his mom's not home yet, but she has left him a note that's like, I cleaned the house, don't mess it up. Like he would. Uh, and then he sits there and he reads six different books about languages. Like when she gets home, she's like, did you do read one of these books while I was gone from, was still at work? And he's like, no, I read all of them. That's right. I, I'm that fucking john travolta from phenomenon now mm-hmm. that's what i've got i've got the phenomenon disorder I'm, I'm rain man uh but yeah a mailman comes to the door and he's like hey uh, i'm looking for your dad mckenna the the guy and he's like yeah he kills people so that you can be a mailman because he has kind of a dim understanding of what his dad did do- is and but does. it's still another one of those i'm gonna suck the dick of soldier things like oh he's a soldier so that you can have a boring job. You should sign up today at your local recruiter, like, Yvonne Etniage. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of shit that was from his dad's P.O. box that he hasn't paid for. So they're delivering it to the house. Yes. And included in here is a big old package that, of course, has that helmet and gauntlet in it. Now, he takes it downstairs and tells his mom it's video games, but he opens up the gauntlet and immediately, of course, speaks alien language with all the hologram shit that's coming off of this thing. Yeah, it, like, shoots out a bunch of weird, uh, you know, those predator symbols that just sort of look like uh, old cuneiform stuff. Yeah, and of course, he just understands it intuitively and starts typing away at it. Oh, yeah, he kind of goes like, beep, beep. Beep has like three seconds where he's messing around with it, and then immediately is like, "Oh, I get this." Nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. This movie takes a lot of time to set up. There's a lot of different pieces that they want to put in place. So once he does that, the next thing we see is that other predator ship that was chasing the first predator ship at the very beginning of the movie. Being like, "Ah, I have detected activated predator equipment," and so he now kinda... I know that they're on Earth, so I can also warp there. So we see that happen. Then we have to see... Uh, McKenna in a psych eval area. Yes, and he knows why. They're, he's pretty sure they're setting him up to take the fall because they have to hide the spaceship they found. So th- so they're like... Oh, we have to make it so that it seems like you've gone crazy. We need you to admit that you saw an alien so we have a reason to like put you in a hole somewhere and say you've gone nuts. Yes, uh, which he basically just kind of gladly agrees to do. He's like, yeah, I get it. You're railroading me. Uh, you want me to say I saw an alien? Great, whatever, let's just get this farce over with. Yeah. Which was a good scene of him just going like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it, so fine, I mean, to whatever. To be fair, it's yet another scene where, where he they have to be like, oh, do you consider yourself a credible witness? And he's like, I'm an Army Ranger, first scout, sniper, counterterrorism, extraction, expert intelligence, whatever. Ba- I'm, I'm a bad motherfucker who you don't want to mess with. They, they used to say that I came out of my mother's vagina and started crawling on a battlefield. And you're like, okay, great. Uh, thank, how thank many you. medals of honor have you won? All of oh, them. Oh, please don't ask me that. That's a scene we're reserving for my wife later in the film. <laughs> yeah, it is. God damn it. But, uh, yeah, so he is going to get transferred to the bus full of our other characters. Yeah, after Sterling K. Brown is watching him in the Psycho Valley, he's like, holy shit, this guy actually did see something. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah, look at that. Definitely actually saw an alien. So they put him in this bus full of other crazy soldiers. It's They call themselves the Loonies and their discussion group, too. 
Yes, and now we get to go around the bus and have the let's all introduce ourselves and what our quirk is. Yeah, okay. So, so we get uh, sort of the main guy is Nebraska. Nebraska Williams, and it's one of my favorite little bits of dialogue where they're like, where he's like, Nebraska? Yeah, you, it, my real name's Gaylord. Oh yeah, Nebraska was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. the uh, He's sort of the leader because he's sort of the most put together, I would say. Uh, well, in that he is no longer apparently suffering from his disability. Well, yeah, uh, everyone else seems to be having some sort of issues, whereas he's just kind of like, hey, man, I'm relaxed and I'm here on the bus. We're having a good time. Welcome to the loonies, my boy. And everyone else is having a bit of a, a like, moment for things because we have to have... So okay, uh, Keegan Michael Keys in there. I love that almost every single person on this bus. I knew who they were before this. Yeah, uh, because we've got one of the Punishers themselves on the bus, Thomas Jane. Yeah, Thomas Jane is in there. Is a dude who's got Tourette's. Now he's got Tourette's because he fell under some heavy fire from someone. We've got uh, Keegan Michael Keys character who uh, suffered from PTSD. Uh, well, I guess it would have just been regular. Uh, TSD because he opened fr- opened fire on one of his own units. Yeah, he accidentally friendly fired and just destroyed it like most of his own convoy because he got fucked up and turned around at one point. Yeah, and then there's a few more. There's Alfie Allen uh, is in here. So if, John won't know who he is, but I do because he's one of the he's uh, the a dude from Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, he is the one dude who's Irish and for some reason is in the American military. It's weird. It's definitely one of those points in a movie where you're like. Hold on, why are... What? How did you... He might be the the least defined one of them, because his insanity, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, his mental disorder is that he blew up half a mountain in Mosul, and then he's like, indeed, I like entropy. Yes, indeed. Also, magic tricks. That's my thing. I... You think you're going to set me up as the demolitions guy, because I apparently blew up half a mountain, and I like magic tricks, and I was like, okay... This is your demolitions guy, and he's going to do some sleight of hand bomb thing at some point in the movie. Demolitions for him, however, never comes up again. It sure doesn't. That's not going to happen. Uh, the- in fact, anything with this guy never comes up again. The fact that he does magic tricks is barely referenced like once more in this movie. And then there's another guy. Uh, his name's like Willow or something like that in the movie. Nettles? Nettles? Is it Nettles? Wow. The guy who loves uh, the Bible now? Yeah, he loves the Bible now, but he was a Huey pilot. Who uh, who is now suffering from some indeterminate that issue that he thinks the end times are coming and yes. he's super into the Bible. Yeah, he's also a little in your facey. Like he he tends to get too close to people and make them uncomfortable. Yeah, he's got he's got issues with personal space. Yes, uh, and Keegan Michael uh, Key's thing is that he also tells jokes. Yes, yeah. he's, he's gone over to the point where he's compensating with uh, his like PTSD with comedy. Yeah. And uh, they they call themselves the Loonies, and they and then they're welcoming welcoming him aboard. They want to know what he did, and he's like, "I saw a space alien," and of course that means that they all have to laugh at him a whole lot. Yeah, and that, honestly, I love that because he he gets real mad when they're all laughing at him for seeing a space alien. He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" And they all do, and then they just start laughing at him again. Yeah, like, and then <laughs> and then they just start going, "Oh, shut the fuck up! Oh, oh, oh he's gonna kill us all!" Uh. <laughs> Which I like, because up until this point, this dude's bravado has been accepted as gospel by everyone he meets. Yeah. The fact that these guys are like, shut up, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, you're not gonna, even if you did kill us, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the end of them for the moment, because we have to see Olivia Munn now. Now, Olivia Munn is hanging around in a dog park with a dog, uh, and then some soldiers come up and are like, hey, we understand you like stargazing, so you better come with us. We'll take care of your dog. 
Yeah. And that's it. I assume because her one other scene was cut because of the troubles. Yeah, it's just, hey, you, come with me. Yeah. You, you like stargazing? I mean, given eh? that that's the only time, because from what I understand, the scene that was cut from the film was her jogging in a park, and that's the only scene in the movie that would make any sense at all to be attached to something where she's not constantly running for her life. Yeah. So I assume that that's where it was cut from, and that's why it seems a little short. They're just like, hey, you, come with us. Okay. All right. The end. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also get... Okay, it, I'm trying to figure out how we should do that. Well, they, they, so, we'll just stick with Olivia Munn for a second. She sure, is good. a scientist, mm-hmm. and she's specifically interested in, uh, I think, evolutionary biology. She's an evolutionary biologist. She also once wrote a letter to the president saying that she wanted to know if there are aliens. Yeah, she's like, hey, if there's ever an alien, let me know. I'm your girl. And for some reason... That got her at the door? <laughs> that was the thing that was missing. It was like, oh, look, we could have picked any sort of biologist, but you sent a, a letter once when you were six that said you wanted to see an alien, so come aboard. I'm real worried because I'm almost certain I did that about dinosaurs, and I don't want to get caught up in a Jurassic Park movie. Oh, you're definitely getting caught up in a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, did was, you write the president? Six. Yeah, I was like, dear Ronald Reagan, I am six years old, and I would like to see a dinosaur. And he was like, I have seen a dinosaur. Yeah, I am a dinosaur. <laughs> 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 you can dig up my bone. Yeah, jelly beans. <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> anyway, she gets taken to a secret base at some dam somewhere, and uh, we get a bunch of business with a sliding room. We get fucking Jake Busey. Jake Jacob Cuverton Busey is in this movie. He's he like, is- "Hi, I'm the lead scientist here," and I'm like, "The fuck you are!" Oh, dude. <laughs> No one's going to give you access to equipment. Get out of here. <laughs> I have an MBA and crazy eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that he's the one who greets her is like, hey, welcome to the Project Stargazer. We're all about aliens. I'm like, oh, were you going for a Brent Spiner and Independence Day thing? I think it, it looks like Jake Busey is about to enter his Ed Begley Jr. phase. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pupa up into that. I mean, that's kind of what he looks like. He looks a little Ed Begley jr Well, he also kind of looks like a bit actor whose name I can never remember from stuff like Tomcats and a few other movies. Uh, who was in this movie. He has a little minor role where he's immediately killed by a predator. And when I first saw him, I was like, oh, is that that guy I kind of remember from is a few... Is that o- guy? And then, then they cut to a scene with that guy, and I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> oh, no, it's both of them. <laughs> They're both in this, and that's Jake Busey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Olivia J- Munn is like, oh, my God, you've got fucking alien artifact stuff here. Is that why you brought me here? And they're like, Can uh, I see it? Yeah, she just wants to look at like the spear and helmet that they have on display in the front room. And, and Busey's like, come on, follow me. You're going to want to see this shit. Yeah. Well, it turns out that after having to do a decontamination thing where the two of them have to get naked and stand next to each other be seeing some particle divider things, uh, it sure is fun because this is, the, this is definitely the scene where they wanted you to look at Olivia Munn and be like, ooh, she's naked in there. Yep. Um... It turns out Sterling K. Brown is down in there as Williams. And Williams is like, hey, you want to come on in and see a predator? And when she gets in, she's like, why? okay, I have two questions. Why do you call it a predator? Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, you know, it's got uh, crazy good senses. It likes to hunt things. It enjoys killing. Well, basically, he's like, okay, so these things appear to show up on the planet and track humans who have like weapons and stuff and kill them. And she's like, that's not a predator. A predator would eat the stuff it kills. That sounds like a game hunter. And it, I love his response. It might be the best joke in the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a few people that are like, yeah, no, I, 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 I can see that. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, but 
Predator sounds more badass. Yeah. We took a vote. We took a vote, and Predator sounds fucking cool. <laughs> and there are other scientists that are, that are like, yeah, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> I would have just called them fucking aliens. But no. I don't need this Predator name. We called it a Predator. He's like, we can't call them aliens. That's a series of movies that exist in this That's, universe. That is a different thing that we are not currently having the rights to. <laughs> Well, the Predator series of films doesn't exist in this universe, but the Alien series of films does. <laughs> That's why they didn't just call them aliens. Oh, it's like in Halloween 3, where Halloween exists as a movie series in that That is correct, movie. yes. Yeah. You can watch the first Halloween movie being watched on a screen, and then they cut to commercial, and it's like, eight more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's the only Halloween movie I've seen. I know. It's so good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, all Halloween movies are about witches and bug masks. <laughs> <laughs> super drunk doctors trying to fuck a 16-year-old. Oh, my God. This fucking... Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. We will someday, though. Uh, I already, we... I already reviewed did... it. Oh, we did. Okay. You did. We didn't. We I did. did. Okay. Well, can we? No. Oh. Uh, you don't get to watch that movie. Screw you. I'm going to do it. You haven't earned what I've earned. <laughs> <laughs> watched all the other Halloween movies, which entitles me to watch the one weird one. <laughs> I watched all the ones about some dude in a white... Kirk mask. Uh, I'm sorry. The shape. What? The shape of his ass? No, that's that's his super serial murderer name, right? No, like, it's it, just Michael Myers. No, he's, when he is when he is has his mask on, his serial killer identification for himself is the shape. No, he's just Michael Myers. Oh, you're gonna get an email that's gonna tell the, tell you that I'm right about a horror movie thing, and it's gonna ruin your day. No, it doesn't matter. It's it's michael myers there's no way that it's like someone can refer to him as the shape no that he refers matter. to himself as the shape <laughs> yeah you know that famous scene where he talks to someone and he's like <laughs> hi i'm michael myers and he spins a chair myers. around spins a hat around <laughs> go bay city raiders hi there i'm the shape <laughs> hi there it's me the shape we've had a lot of fun here today but i'd like to rap with you about killing <laughs> Killing is a special thing you do when you want someone to die. <laughs> the shape. The shape. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anyway, th th there's a whole fun discussion about what the predator is and so on. This predator is alive. He's just sedated. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, then all of a sudden they get an alert. Oh, no, another predator is coming, and it's there's coming another, right for this building. There's another predator, and it's coming fast and hard. Yeah, and, and somehow that wakes up the predator on the table, and he just sets about the business of murdering everybody in the room. Yeah, <laughs> it is interesting to me that they're like, oh, we caught alive one of these predators, and we've managed to strap him to the table in, like, the weakest restraints we could find uh -huh. instead of like those full thick like metal bars that go all the way across the body that you might normally see for something that is super strong they instead were just like oh i don't know put some like handcuffs or some shit on him whatever yeah unfortunately they used danny glover grade cuffs and they should have used schwarzenegger grade cuffs yeah so he just wakes up like bites a dude in the face and fucking like rips himself out of the uh, restraints. And then he just starts stomping around and murdering dudes. And this, unfortunately, starts the precedent of this movie that almost ruins it for me, which is that this fucking thing is bulletproof. It is completely bulletproof oh, almost all the time. No, he is. They, there's, I mean, he's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be the other one that's bulletproof. But this scene shows a dude with an MP5 run up next to him, about four feet away, unload into him completely, and then the predator turns around and just goes, huh? Oh, you, okay. Murder. Yeah, I mean, at least in this, 
you see that in the places where he's exposed, he does have like bullet wounds on him where he is bleeding from. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's, it's irrelevant. Like, it doesn't no. matter if he has bullet wounds or not. I mean, he is essentially gonna, bulletproof. No, he's not going to die from it. No. But at least he took bullet wounds. Yeah, I mean, he's bulletproof the way a ghost is bulletproof. Like, you can put bullets through a ghost. Who cares? <laughs> hey, man, he was still injured. Fuck you. I, a little in a way that didn't re- didn't matter. No. But that's because he's. I mean, what all I'm saying is that machine. both of the predators in this movie are essentially bulletproof. One of them is plot bulletproof. The other one is just straight up bulletproof. Yes, and it's a real problem for the film. Uh, so it, I think that really ties in for me. Honestly, I was saying in the non-spoiler thing at the beginning that tonally the movie is kind of confused mm-hmm. because it it keeps wanting to have this be like an action confrontation thing, mm-hmm. but it also wants a lot of predator business. So it's not, we don't get a lot of sneaky predator stuff. It's barely ever camoed. Yeah. Uh, well, it, because the predator that they end up fighting isn't a traditional predator. It's not the same one that they fought in the previous movies. No, in this scene, before the predator wakes up, we get some business about like, oh, the, this guy's got like human DNA in him. Yeah, they never really quite solved that. I guess they kind of do. Oh, yeah. It's why he's coming back with a toy or something. Well, it's, I mean, the whole purpose I, I of do. this movie is the predators are injecting themselves with, like, the DNA of the species that they hunt, like, the best and brightest in order to become better. Mm-hmm. And that's why the other predator that's going to show up is, like, 12 feet fucking tall. What do you think they're getting from humans that they really want so bad? Like, I'm, uh, I was really curious about that. Because my first thought was, all right, anytime anyone wants to steal it from humans, it's because we're intelligent, right? They're more intelligent. Well, they aren't really. Uh, did, well, they stole their technology. Oh, they if did? You, if you know the backstory of the Predators, it's the same backstory of anything from Star Wars. Yeah, they which stole their tech. Some alien showed up, they murdered them, and took the tech. When they murdered them, they should have got some of their DNA because they're smarter than humans. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they invented interstellar travel and warp drives and shit. Yeah, well, they've only just now started doing that because they've ah, been hunting humans for thousands any. of years. They, they, that's true. They really have been hunting uh, for a ridiculously long amount of time for what is apparently a sudden uh, change in their structure, given that we have seen in Predator 2 the fact that they used to hunt dinosaurs. Yeah. They, they used to, to dig up dig up dinosaur, dinosaur bones. bones? Like, I mean, that makes more sense than the idea that they used to hunt dinosaurs. No, they've been at this for a long goddamn time. For at least, given the fact that that was like a Styracosaurus skull, that means they've been doing this for at least 115 million years. Yeah, but what it means is, if they've only just now gotten to the point where they're like, oh, it was all right, T-Rex skull. now we can inject DNA. Like, that, we figured that much out. Yeah, so it was at least 66 million years. I'm sorry for my incorrect math. How dare you? But that is such I'm a sorry, long... I'm sorry, the Styracosaur is actually known as the shape? <laughs> That's what the Styracosaur refers to itself as. Ah, oh, shit, I'm going to get an email. <laughs> ah, Jeff was wrong about dinosaur things. Dinosaurs call themselves the shape, even though they don't talk in their movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. I've seen We're Back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen The Lamb Before Time. Fuck you. <laughs> Tone Loke's Triceratops character in We're Back, a dinosaur story was called The Shape. Look, I've seen Theodore Rex. <laughs> <laughs> cookies, cookies, cookies. Yeah, I'm The Shape. <laughs> I'm The Shape, and I love cookies. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, call me The Shape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Oh, uh, Christ. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he kills a bunch of people, but Olivia Munn uh, tries to get through decontamination, so she has to get naked again. And then when he walks by her naked, he's like, you're not a threat. So he just keeps going to, about well, yeah, his business. It's a human that is cowering, unarmed, and with nothing on them. And he's just like, eh. 
Yeah. Don't Which care. is weird because he's here to help humans. That was my main thing in the very first scene. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm here because uh, we find out that like predators are trying to essentially harvest all the humans for their DNA. Mm-hmm. And because of our climate change, our planet's going to get hot and muggy, which is what their planet is like. Yeah. So they're like, oh, they can move in here and just murder all of us. Yeah. And he was trying to show up and be like, oh, here's a gift so that you can murder any predators that show up and try to take over your stuff. Like, I'm trying to help you guys out. And the first thing he does when his pod lands is take a soldier into the trees and rip his face off and dangle him from the tree. It's like, old habits die hard. Oops. (laughs) I meant to come here to help. I just knee-jerk reaction. I saw a soldier had to rip his face off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not me. That's my dad talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just... It's very weird. I want to be better than this. I have a human friend. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend is human. (laughs) That's why I've got human DNA in me. (laughs) Wink. Uh, So, Uh, yeah, but it's so weird that his, his... in both times we see him get introduced, he's like, I murdered a guy. And then when he wakes up in the lab, he's like, well, I'm going to murder all you guys. Yeah. I, I assume it's because he needs that... He needs to get back to his pod. Uh, The pod has those weapons and armor and stuff, and he needs those. But once he gets them, his plan is to give them to humanity as a gift. Yeah, he's looking for his helm and gauntlet, because the gauntlet has the thing that'll open up the spaceship so he can get the thing that he wants to give humanity. But in order to get it, he is just going to murder his way through humanity to get it. Carve a swath of destruction. So he he's just like uh, most you. It's, it's like he's trying to give an ant a present. Yeah, and he's just like ah, I stepped on fifty thousand ants on my way here. Sorry. Oops. Anyway, here's a crumb. <laughs> there you go, you ant. I uh, hope you're happy. Bye. Anyway, he murders everyone here except, of course, for the interesting people. Uh, now Sterling the, K. Brown is not murdered, and neither is Olivia Munn. Now the uh, the bus that our heroes were on. Yeah, I think we called it the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves got on there with Sandra Bullock, and they couldn't go under 50 miles an hour. Yeah. No, no they got routed to the... Uh... They were going to the dam because Olivia Munn was like, oh, you had someone who actually like saw one of these guys? I need to talk to him in order to establish stuff. And here's just the thing about how on board Olivia Munn is with all of this. Olivia Munn's a scientist who's an evolutionary biologist. They, they kidnap her so they can show her that aliens exist. Within 15 seconds of this, she's like... She's like, yeah, I want to talk to this soldier guy you have a picture of here. And they're like, yeah, he's unavailable. We, we, uh, he's being sent to an area for a thing. And she's like, oh, okay. You're going to mind wipe him and bury him. Fine. Yeah, well, before, I want to ta- before you murder this guy for knowing too much, can I talk to him? I was like, you are very on board. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a little two game. <laughs> for this, this. Everyone is up for whatever. Because like, the, the bus full of all of our soldiers shows up as the breakout is happening. Yeah, because she wanted to talk to the one dude on it. Yeah, and when they get in there, they see the fucking alien jumping on the roofs, and all of the guys in there are like, oh, holy shit, an alien. Hell, what do you know? This guy was right, and they're yeah. just on board. Yeah, and then they then they all work together to take over the bus from the guards that are on it, and uh, Nebraska's like, all right, we're driving out of here, and and uh, McKenna asks, like, no, nah, man, I would like to kill it. Oh, you'd like to kill it? Great, let's kill it. Oh, fucking great, let's do that yeah. then. But the degree to which Olivia Munn's character is on board with everything, not just on board with everything, but also super aware of genre conventions, is is amusing to me, where she's just like, oh, you're going to disappear. Oh, I got it. I'm like, how do you got that? <laughs> I mean, I would got that. <laughs> yeah, but you watch a lot of Predator movies. 
Uh, this has nothing to do with Predator movies. It just has to do with movies. <laughs> so so she's just like, oh, I see. I'm in a movie. Okay, I'm up to speed. Oh, yes. I got C- it. Sure, let's carry, do this. Carry on. Uh, so yeah, uh, Olivia Munn has to also chase after the escape Predator because she's like, I don't want the one time that I've ever been able to study an alien get away from me. Yeah. So she takes a Trank gun and is chasing after it yeah, while the, the bus is trying to chase after it. On the instructions of a dying Jake Busey. Sadly, he's only in the movie for a little bit. Poor Jake Busey. He gets stabbed in the gut. Uh, well, I mean, he I might know live. that he dies. He's not he's, in the rest of the movie. No, he's not in the rest of the movie, but he is like holding his gut and being like, hey, yeah, you can go, go get him or whatever, but he doesn't. Like, we don't see him die. He was alive when we last saw him. Fair enough. Jake Busey, probably alive in this Predator-verse. <laughs> also, Jake Busey, probably alive in our universe? <laughs> it's never safe to say for sure. We're never really certain if Jake Busey is actually in our universe or not. <laughs> Maybe he's playing part of a metal violin somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. You can never tell with Jake Busey. Maybe uh, he's threatening the only spaceship on Earth that matters. Remember from Contact, he plays like the evil, evil preacher or something? Hey, you remember that? Yeah. When he was real angry about aliens? He was real mad about the possibility of aliens, and so he blew up the thing, and then it turned out there was just another one in Japan. Oh, I yeah, get. we built another one. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you didn't need to include the scene where one got blown up then. <laughs> it didn't add any stakes or anything. <laughs> it gave you one moment of... Oh, no. And then someone just coming in and go like, ah, don't worry about it. We build a spare. We got multiple. The movie can keep going. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, they both chase after it. The, uh, the fucking bus guys try and take it down, and it doesn't really work. No, and they Olivia manage to Mund shoot manages in the leg. to shoot herself. Yeah, she shoots herself in the foot because she action hero style jumps onto a moving bus to keep chasing the alien. Yeah. And then while she's riding up there, she accidentally shoots herself in the foot. Yeah, she's yeah. she's sitting down with her legs out, tries to like shoot in between them. The bus jerks and she shoots herself. Yeah. Now McKenna does manage to shoot the alien with a shotgun in the leg, which just pisses it off. So it turns around and comes back to, to mess with them. Yeah. Uh, which, I, why? Why? Isn't this guy got a job to do? Eh. So... This Pre- alien's motivations are very weird. Yeah, the Predator manages to get away from them, hide in a uh, troop transport that's leaving. Mm-hmm. It kills everyone in there except for the driver who's like, hey, what's going on back there? And in one of the more amusing scenes, it puts the like detached arm that it cut off from one of the soldiers through the little hole with the thumb up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, it's just like, adorable. Yeah. Although you could also have gotten away with a joke with the, the fact that they all have voice recorders built into them all the time. Because they do, they do that in the very first couple of minutes of the movie and then just never again. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It, it's fine either way. It was a good joke. I'm not complaining. No. It was, it was a good bit of dumb business. So meanwhile... McKenna's wife is showing two Halloween costume options to her to our our, our uh, movie's magic autistic kid, and, and he's he, like, "I don't want either of them. They can still see that I'm a weak little me on the inside if I wear them." Uh, yeah, no matter what costume I wear, it'll still be me, and the guys will still make fun of me. And that's when she when he gets the idea that he could just wear his regular outfit, that predator mask he has, and that predator gauntlet he has, and just go out like that. Yeah, sure, and indeed he does. Now, this leads to the most cartoonishly villainous character in the film, because he goes to trick-or-treat at a random house. Doesn't pick very well. The house looks pretty dark. Oh, well, 
it's it's like a frat house. He's walking, doing the trick or treating thing, and he sees the bullies the, the across bullies. the street. And the bullies are just verbal bullies. They just come out next to him like, "Ugh, stupid! We used to be dressed as a dummy." Ugh. And so, in order to like get away from them, he goes to the nearest house, which just happens to be this party house. Yeah, and he knocks on the door. Nothing happens. So he turns to leave, and he, this is our cartoon villain of the film. A random beardo asshole on the second floor goes, here's your fucking trick-or-treat, kid, and throws a rock at the back of a seven-year-old's head. Uh, I think it's a beer can, but yeah, he throws something at him. Yeah. But the helm that he is wearing is like, oh, I'm under attack, and the little laser thing on the helmet turns and just blows up the top half of the house, which means this kid has to deal with the fact that he probably just murdered at least a dozen people. Yes, although it never comes up again. Oh, no. But, I mean, don't worry. All of them were at least as, as ridiculously villainous as the one dude on the second floor, so it's fine. Yeah. I mean, that guy was like, what are we, what are we doing right now? That, fuck you, kid. Fuck, well, knock we, on my door. We wanted to display the fact that this helmet has weaponry and that it's dangerous, and the only way we could think to do that was to blow something up while he was trick-or-treating, but we had to make a guy be villainous because we're about to fucking murder him. Yeah, he should have been like, fuck you, kid. I'm going to throw this rock in the back of your head. Also, I'm a Nazi. Hey, kid, did you know that I hate everything? Also, I'm the worst and I, I murder people. <laughs> that would be amazing if he had. He took the time to explain that shit. He was like, yeah, kid, I'm also a Nazi socialist or something. Yeah, fuck you. Hey. Oh, Lasered. It's fine. Hey, I, uh, I like to skin people alive. That's my deal. Uh-huh. If you don't kill me right now, I'm going to go do it at this party. I'm a high on orphan poops right now. I have to keep the orphan in my house for it to do anything. <laughs> I eat uh, orphan eyeballs. That's, what, that's all I do. I eat orphan eyeballs, throw beer cans at the back of kids. Here we go. Yeah. And then he blows up. Yeah. So that kid gets blown up. Now, uh, for some reason, this is the one time in the movie where, the, where this kid isn't just like a walking sad computer because his response to the house blowing up is to use it as a way to threaten the two bullies yeah he just like waves the mask toward them and they're like ah, ah, and they run away and he's like yeah i showed them yeah like, this what? mask that's weird that, why aren't you freaked out by what just happened he's not even doing the oh my god that that was a loud noise thing that this has been established as one of his character traits yep <sighs> sigh anyway the team has taken olivia munn to a hotel somewhere because they in a fucking reference to the first movie which you're gonna get a lot of business from in the early part of this movie there's at least two really obvious bad ones the uh because the bus breaks down after the predator fucks it up they have to get to some motorcycles and of course nebraska's like get to the choppers yeah uh, get to get those it? choppers yeah that's, that's uh, one of the two I don't remember what the other one was, but there was a really obvious one. Oh, it's when Olivia Munn first sees the Predator. She's like, oh, you're one beautiful motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, for Christ's sake. Yep. Uh, Hey, we got stuff from the first movie. She tranked herself, so she's passed out in a hotel room. Uh, and a bunch of the, the soldiers, the, the the soldiers with mental disorders are basically arranging random things around her so that she'll be comfortable when she wakes up. Yeah, there's like a cup of tea and like a, some little uh, like brochures and shit. Yeah, and a, and a foil statue of a unicorn. Yeah, and outside, McKenna is talking to Nebraska, and he's like, "Are you sure we can leave her up there with those guys?" And he's like, "Those are soldiers. She's gonna be safe with them." I'll go. You uh, obviously haven't met enough soldiers. Yeah, I, th- I feel like, I mean, I, I guess that's just kind of the oorah stuff that you find on the inside if you're a soldier. And, and you're like, dude, lady soldiers aren't safe around male soldiers, not just regular ladies, yeah, let alone. You <laughs> you might want to reconsider that, but okay. Uh-huh. Sure thing, movie. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be mean to the military for any particular reason, but there's a lot of news stories about that specific thing. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, you know... I think I think we're going a little slow, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and speed up this business here. Oh, shit. We're like a third of the way into the movie in this. Yeah, <laughs> we're at an hour already. So I mean, this is sort of where it picks up. the The problem is there's so much not predator business in this, and I mean, not in the same way that like the first predator movie had a lot of not predator business in that you don't see him, but he's a constant threat. It's like. He just disappears for a while because we have to deal with the kid trick or treating. Mm-hmm. We deal with them and Olivia Munn. Sterling and then, K. Brown's marching around in the background. And fucking once they're done with this scene, and Munn gets on board with, "Look, we're gonna go try and find this predator," and she's like, "Great, I'll come with you. That's fine because I'm sure Sterling K. Brown would murder me if he had a chance, and he was going to. He was already trying. Yeah. So then they have to go to fucking uh, McKenna's house where we get. Some more business of them just dicking around. And another, this is how good of a soldier McKenna is moment. Yeah, McKenna's like, look, you idiots, I'm going to go get that predator before something happens, or my kid, before something happens to him from the predator. Yeah, and then he stomps off, and they're all not going to go because they're like, dude, we're moving targets. The, the Sterling K. Brown wants to kill us, and also the government wants to pick us up for being crazy soldiers again. So. Like, we're, we're not going to be yeah. out in the public. But Nebraska has to ask his wife, like, hey... Is he the kind of man I think he is? What kind of man is McKenna? And she's like, let me give you a rundown of literally every medal and accolade he's ever had. Here comes a Wikipedia article on this fucking guy. And at the end of it, she's like, he's the most deadly, noble, amazing man who's ever been alive. And he's not a great husband, but he's an amazing soldier. And you're like, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So and I-, I do love that immediately, though, the piss gets taken out of that because fucking... Uh, Nebraska goes to leave, and Nettles was like, I didn't really give a shit about your speech, but, you know. Nebraska just called me a pussy. I can't let that guy call me a pussy, so I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but, oh, good. You know, to be fair, Alfie Allen did like the speech. Yeah, so there's, like, look, I like the speech. Yeah, that was someone. Uh, so we should just jump to the next action scene. Uh, the kid, met, having run away from the explosion or some, or some predators or something, finds himself in the middle of his field uh, where two predator dogs show up. Because this movie's got predator dogs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they were first introduced in the Predators film when they were on Predator Island. and I don't know. I didn't see that. Uh, I, the, the Adrian Brody one, I have not yeah, seen. It, it was interesting, but I think the Predator dogs were first introduced there. Oh, although so they're not new to this. Okay. Although I think these ones are much hulkier. Like, they were not as big on their planet, so I think the dogs may have been genetically engineered. Probably. But anyway, these two huge dogs show up. The dogs are one of the more disappointing aspects of the film. They never get anyone. No one in this movie is taken out by a predator dog. Well, the problem with this film, again, tonally, is you have a predator film set Mm. up, and it's supposed to be a thing where, oh, the predator is a badass, he murders people, and, you know, only the strong will survive against him, and basically you're going to have one person live. Mm -hmm. And that almost happens in this but because they put it with such a cast of characters that they wanted to do an ensemble like comedy action film with it they wanted to guardians of the galaxy this thing up they couldn't kill anyone until the end of the movie so there's no tension because no one's ever in danger yeah but these two predator dogs in particular never get a kill and i was sad i wanted to see someone get torn apart by one of these things yeah instead one of them gets a, uh, uh, eats uh, a grenade yeah gets a grenade and blows up the other one gets shot point blank in the head, survives it, 
And then probably one of the most pointless bits of business in the movie is the Predadog then likes the soldiers? It becomes a good guy, and it specifically likes Olivia Munn. Well, it... It seems to bring like, her stuff. Uh, nettles. nettles. Yeah. Nettles and Olivia Munn are the two that manage to do anything with it, but there's no point where the dog does anything. Like, you'd think, oh, we're doing some business where this dog likes us now, but there's no point where he attacks anyone to save someone. Like, he shows up in some scenes, but he doesn't actually do anything. No, he keeps coughing up weapons. There's two times in the movie where he shows up, barfs up a weapon, and leaves. And well, that's- yeah, because someone was like, threw a grenade and told him to go fetch, and he did, and then brought it back and was like, bleh. Yeah, but it was later, and it was when it was useful. So one time he drops like, what looks like a World War II grenade. The other time he has some magic super alien tech weapon uh, that, that he ate in, in a scene. So twice he barfs up a useful weapon, and that's his, that's his contribution. The one nice thing about him is that... One of the things we learn about Nebraska Williams' character is he's supposed to be in the loony, Loonies because he took a sh- uh, shot at his own CO, his commanding officer. Well, it turns out his his the commanding officer of his unit was him. He tried to commit suicide in front of his own troops. Yeah. So he has a scar where he shot himself in the head, and he's also the one who shoots the Predadog in the head. And so when they find it again, they're like, oh my gosh, this confirms my suspicion. Nebraska's terrible at shooting things in the head. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, they get captured by the humans, like Sterling K. Brown and all that, and then the Predadog helps them escape. This is a scene where we learn that McKenna is just the kind of, I get to kill whoever I want type badass that you love in these kind of movies. We, we have some business before that that's important, which is the like 12-foot Predator kills ah. the regular Predator. So the regular Predator is just about to, to complete the actual transaction that matters, which is getting that ball back from uh Oh, it's from the, the little controller. Yeah, the little controller thing that pops off the gauntlet. When a 12-foot tall Predator shows up, because that's the big thing in this movie, the new Predators are fucking crazy huge. Yeah, they're all genetic monstrosities that have apparently taken the DNA from all the best species that they hunt, Yeah, which there was a point in here when they mentioned that that I was really disappointed that we didn't get anything that specifically tied into any alien. Like, specifically alien. If it was like, oh, we shot the fucking giant predator and he had acid for blood, I'd be like, ah, (laughs) I get it. Uh, It'd be kind of neat if they had anything that they had taken from any other species. The one thing this guy has that's mentioned, besides being 11 feet tall, is that he can grow an external exoskeleton, or endoskeleton, sorry, an internal exoskeleton, they call it, yeah, he which is an, fucking dumb, by the way. It's an exoskeleton under his skin. An okay, en- hold you on. An, you mean an endoskeleton? Yeah, but it's an exoskeleton. Oh, Okay, sure. Uh, Why not? Nah, fine, whatever. That makes him bulletproof, and believe me, we're about to hear me harp on that, because the whole rest of this movie, after this scene where he murders the regular Predator... Oh, yeah, just literally rips his head off and does that, you know, I have your head and spine thing. Yeah. But after this, it's beca- it becomes this 11-foot-tall super predator versus our soldiers who, for the rest of the movie, are going to set up ambushes and shoot at this thing with guns and do nothing and retreat and find a spot and set up an ambush and shoot at this thing with guns. Several times they'll get the drop on it with weird available other weapons, and their idea instead will be, let's try shooting at it. Yeah. It's the rest of the movie. Yeah. I mean... Again, at least with the other Predator films, they had ignorance on their side of, we don't know whether or not we can do anything, like, we may as well use the available weapons we have. Yeah, or but they're they desperate. have been told point blank at this point in the movie, oh, this guy can be bulletproof. This like, guy, there's no reason to shoot him with small arms. And there's even a point where they know he's bulletproof, and they have a few minutes to plan, and they have a whole bunch of other weapons at their disposal because they're still in a military facility, and their idea is, let's grab a bunch of AK-47s and run into the woods. 
Uh, sigh. It's, so anyway. Yeah. So this 11-foot predator uh, now has the stuff it needs. It stomps off towards the, the crashed spaceship, actually. When it gets there, it's going to do some stuff. But first, the humans all ca- the, the bad humans catch the good humans, and the good humans kill almost all the bad humans, but the bad humans get away having kidnapped the autistic son. Who because, knows where the spaceship is? Not only does he know where the spaceship is, but he can probably get into it because he has his magic powers. Yeah, because he's learned the entire language of the Predators in, like, two minutes. Mm-hmm. He found out where the ship was from the little dongle thing that the Predator had, and also apparently knows the passcode to get into it, for some reason. It whatever. So Sterling K. Brown and the and the, the boys show up at the spaceship, they get inside it, they realize that there's that the pod that was something important is already missing. Uh but they're just standing in there, and that's when they get ambushed by the good guys. Yeah. Who also have the stolen pod them. wasn't missing. You're wrong. It was in there. The big alien oh, the, blows it up later. Oh okay. He has the, to blow up the ship. Yeah, he blows up the ship, but there's like a okay, sorry, different I'm thinking of a different ship. Whatever. Okay, so <laughs> he gets ambushed by the good guys who followed them there in a weather, stolen weather helicopter. Yeah. So there's a great just like back and forth. Everyone's murdering everyone else. And mm-hmm. uh, you the know, predator takes out the, for the, the first member of the loonies to actually die. Alfie Allen finally gets taken out in a very boring scene where his face gets clawed off. Yeah. Uh, it's just what happened. Oh, uh, he was in a sniper perch and the predator showed up and just murdered him like. Eh. Cut his arm off and then killed him. Eh. Yeah, Great. It's, it's not. It's not fun. He had no business in this movie. Nothing he did mattered. Yeah. And then he died. Anyway, the predator stomps into a into the uh, the spaceship, and then he actually manages to translate some of his speech. And he's like, he's like, attention, humans. One of you is a true warrior. The one called McKenna. I give you the gift of a seven minute head start. Get the fuck out of here. I'm gonna blow up this ship. You're you, not allowed to have it. Yeah. Because it's got stuff that you shouldn't have. And then I'm going to come and kill the rest of you and take McKenna as my prize. And I'm like, are you? why are you doing this right now? Aren't you here on a mission? Like, you were here to hunt that other predator and get him and then blow up the stuff he was trying hey, to offer to Earth. And Again, you're on the planet. You may as well hunt. It's what they do. It's just what they do. I mean, it's because it really ruined, messed things up for that first predator. Oh, yeah. The first predator was like, oh, i got to get this to the humans. Oh, shit, humans. i got to hunt these I guys. Gotta, i got to hunt these humans. Oops, god damn it. <laughs> so anyway, we get a hunt going. And honestly, you'd think that this part would be the most interesting bit because it's like a it's big giant the, predator chasing a bunch of soldiers through the forest. Well, yeah, it's also like the good guys and bad guys have to band together. They're in the woods and they're like going through and you've got like Sterling K. Brown has some stolen alien tech, so he's got some predator weapons he's got. Yeah, he's got a shoulder-mounted cannon and him and McKenna have a couple of scenes where they're like threatening each other like, as soon as this is over, we're going to fucking go at it and that kind of thing. And it should be really interesting, but all it is is that this stompy monster shows up, everyone unloads all their bullets at it, it doesn't do anything, and one or two of them die, and then they run away and reset. Yeah. Or three or four times. Yeah. And we lose we lose Thomas Jane, we lose... Uh, we lose... Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Key, Key and Thomas Jane, who it turns out we get the business of their backstory, which was they're, they've been antagonistic to each other the whole time on mm-hmm. the bus and whatever, but it turns out they are very good friends... And the backstory of uh, Keegan opening fire on his own unit, there was only one survivor, and it turns out that was Thomas Jane, and that's why he's got his problems. Yeah, his problem is Tourette's. So they both have, you know, issues with the incident that they were both involved in, and because of that, they bonded. And in the end, they both get mortally wounded inside of each other, but they're not dead yet, and so they 
they go to some kind of pact they have with each other and shoot each other at the same time. Yeah. And they both are gone from the movie, and that's them. And in the same scene, Sterling K. Brown, with his alien weapon, in a scene I can only describe as an accident, blows his own head off. And honestly, I didn't even know that was what happened. I was like, what happened to him? Where'd he go? The most pointless, shitty death of Mm -hmm. a villain. Because he is, I mean, straight up like... The same thing as uh, Paul Reiser in Aliens. Like, he is your evil shithead sort of government company man mm-hmm. who's just more worried about getting what he wants than human lives and whatnot. Great villain. And he dies when he his little shoulder cannon, like, turns and blows his own head off? I assume because the alien takes control, or predator takes control of it or something. Oh, I assume it's just because he was trying to follow the predator around with it and shoot it. Mm. The predator went behind him and he just blew his own head off. Like Must, an yeah, something. But but anyway, his death was so fast and so anticlimactic that I literally didn't know that was him. I saw like a headless body fall and I was like, oh, I wonder someone who that was. Someone got hit by so, a laser, so, I guess. Someone got murdered. And then when he yeah, was on the next scene, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it definitely took a minute for me to really process... Wait a minute, did that just actually happen? Is that how they killed him? Yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. Anyway, this business goes on for a while. We get down to just a couple of surviving characters. Nettles, uh, Nebraska, and McKenna jump on the alien spaceship, which is getting away with a boy. Yeah, because it turns out the actual warrior he wants is McKenna, but not Quinn McKenna, our soldier hero, but the autistic child because he's the next level of human evolution. We predators want autism. That's what we want. Why don't you guys just get vaccines then? Come on, guys. <laughs> Look, I've got this polio vaccine. You can just have that. Listen to Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> you guys captured and ate her last year. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they uh, jump on the ship. We get Nettles dies when a force field like cuts his bottom half off yeah he loses his legs at the thighs and falls off the spaceship uh, meanwhile the, nebraska's stuck above the force field while mckenna is is safely below the force field and because this ship is taken off going fast it's not like nebraska's like oh i'm not going to be able to do anything if i jumped off i would die i'm gonna get blown off eventually so he just like shoots and jumps into the engine to blow it up and i was like oh that's that's a good it's, end for a character it's a great way to go, uh, go out for a character that is arguably still suicidal they ask him if he's if he's a risk to himself and he's like maybe yeah oh crazy uh so it's kind of a fun way to watch him go i honestly i kind of hoped it would amount to nothing and the whole thing would resolve itself in space as he heroically jumps into the engine and bounces off the force field in front of it and slides away <laughs> that's kind of what i was hoping for <laughs> but but no he heroically keep grounds the alien spaceship yeah, uh, and fucking there's a final fight with the big guy. They try shooting him. The, the, the thing is, McKenna manages to sneak aboard the alien spaceship, and he sneaks up behind the Predator, who he has shot at a thousand times, and he's finally got the drop on this thing. He's behind him. He's got the element of surprise, and so he quietly pulls a pistol and fires a bunch of pointless rounds at it. Yay, you did it. You did the dumbest thing you could do. The ship crashes, they get in a fight, thanks to the brilliance of his of his son, who turns on the force field while the alien is trying to get back in his ship and cuts the alien's arm off, but Predator's arm off. Olivia Munn shows up to save the day as well, because she's invisible, she has that fucking little ball that yeah, turns she has the ball. invisible. And the Predator dog shows up and barfs up a useful weapon for them. She jumps on the back of the big Predator 
and shoots it point blank at the head, which this time does stuff. Yeah, it turns out that the monster just needed to be shot a number of times to become not bulletproof anymore. Oh, it's it just needs to be it's a range thing. You had to get so it if in you a- shoot it the if you shoot the predator and you're like ten feet away from it, nothing. But if you're point blank, then it hurts. You had to perfect dodge three times and then plus triangle to shoot it in its glowing weak spot. <laughs> Look, you had to wait until you got the cutscene. Then during the cutscene, you can hurt it. Now, the movie ends with the Predator having its arms and legs blown off, and it's kind of bleeding out on the ground. And the least climactic badass scene happens here, where McKenna walks over to it and is like, what are you doing here? And he goes, shut the fuck up. And he shoots it five times in the face. That was the dumbest quip I've ever seen in a, in a movie that was trying to be badass. Yeah, I was like, that is not a good... Guys, re- rewrite that What one. are you doing here shut the fuck up, that's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever seen. That should be in an action movie that is a parody of action movies. Yes. It was a bad ending. Uh, But then we also have the real ending of the movie. It turns out that the son is so autistic that he gets a special job with the government. Yep, and they finally find the pod that apparently got jettisoned along with uh, the Predator to begin with, they find it somewhere else, mm-hmm. and they're like, ooh, we found the thing he wanted us to have, and it's called, like, the Predator Killer, and this pod opens up, and for a brief moment, I really wanted it to be an alien egg that came out of there. Oh, that would have been pretty good. They're I like, was kinda... oh, how do you kill Predators? Oh, aliens. Can I tell you what I wanted it to be? What? Dutch. <laughs> I also really was like, wait a minute, is this gonna is the pod gonna open and fucking Schwarzenegger get out of there? Be like, hi, I'm the guy who kills predators. I survived the nuclear explosion and now I'm here. <laughs> I I kill predators. Yeah, that's what I, I was. I was all because it was a human shaped coffin. I was like, oh my god, is that Dutch? That'd be amazing, right? Yeah, I had two things I wanted. One was Dutch. One was aliens. It was neither of them. It's a like, it's a suit nano, of predator armor. It's 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 a nanite. Super Predator Tony Stark outfit. Yeah, it's a, it's a suit of Predator armor with yet more whip, weapons and blades and shit on it. It gets stuck on... Oh, and people who are here watching all this happen. It's like a bunch of good government scientists, uh, and they've given uh, McKenna's son a nice desk because he's important. No, oh, because he's the only one who can translate the fucking shit. Yes, and then McKenna's there uh, because he's the badass hero of the movie. So this, this suit thing forms itself around some hapless scientist and then falls off him. And the the good guy scientist is like, what the hell is that thing? Which McKenna finally has yet another fun quip. That's my new suit. I hope it comes in 34 long. That would, make, that would make his arm short. But yes, yeah, I hope it comes in 42 long. Oh, come on, I hope dude. it comes in 57 short. Stop quipping. <laughs> you're, you're so bad at it, Boyd Holbrook. Yeah. I mean, he's not. It's the writers. It's true. Yeah, he, he honestly was fine in this movie. I fucking love the quips in the original Predator. Mm-hmm. Those were great and yeah. hilarious. However, I feel like the guys we had giving the quips were either given bad quips or just weren't charismatic to carry them off. Yeah, I can't imagine who could carry off, what are you doing here, shut the fuck up. Oh, that was just bad writing in general. That was uh, no good. That was, uh, you know, the original Predator had some fucking solid quips in it. Oh, yeah. Predator 2 had some weird quips as delivered by voodoo guys. Yeah. You cannot kill what can't be killed. Well, yeah, thank you for the tautology. Yeah, okay. <laughs> great, great, good job. Ooh, swirly fade-out effect. I'm enjoying Predator 2. <laughs> He's dug in there like an Alabama tick. 
Predator 2 is one of the most disappointing things to me because it sets up so many movies I want, and the movies they keep giving us instead of the brilliant setups of Predator 2 are a bunch of military badasses get murdered until one of them is military badass enough. Like, yeah. Because there's like a flintlock pistol on that ship and dinosaurs, and how much more than watching a bunch of soldiers fight Predators do you want to watch a Predator fight dinosaurs or pirates, right? Predator versus pirates. Let's make this happen. And then because a predator is a hunter, they like strip him of all of his good weapons and he gets a sword and a predator parrot. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, uh, when we send you out to hunt a thing, we have to give you tech that's comparable to what you're hunting. Yeah. So that when he goes to fight pirates, they're like, you can have a rifle, like an AK rifle, because mm-hmm. you still get to have an advantage. Yeah. You get but a you don't advantage. get to be like, I've got lasers. And you get a predator parrot. And it can copy the voices of people. That's all you get. You can't have your normal voice copier. You just yeah, get it's this. one of those parrots that opens up in like four directions. And is like, also, if we're gonna have predators versus pirates, I really want to remake Cowboys versus Aliens and have it Cowboys versus like Xenomorph Aliens. That would be way better than Cowboys versus Aliens, which is a super forgettable movie. Yeah, in that, but it took me a good second after you started talking about Cowboys versus Aliens to remember that yes, I have seen it. <laughs> that, yes, indeed, that is a movie you have seen. <laughs> it was so boring. Ugh. Anyway, that's the end of this. That's the Predator. No post-credit scene. You can leave. So, Jeff. Yeah. What was your favorite thing about The Predator? Uh, I'm going to say the acting stylings of Sterling K. Brown. God damn, he was so fucking I good. loved his character in this movie. I loved the speed with which he kind of gobbled up scenery. He was fantastic. It was a real shame when they removed him from the film. Yeah. Yeah. When he, he, he went out like a nothing, like an afterthought. It was a sad moment. Oh, yeah. Well, what about you? What was your favorite thing? I mean, outside of that, I really liked... Uh, Keegan, Michael Key, and Thomas Jane's interactions with each other. Yeah, that was also very good. We're very, I mean, just that sort of confrontational thing. And there's a point where after, like, the big fight and shit goes down, like, Keegan is sitting there and, like, having, like, just crying and having an inability to deal with what's going on. And Thomas Jane is just sitting there, like, comforting him and making sure that he knows everything is all right. Mm -hmm. And it's this really good touching moment between these two that doesn't get intruded on like you just that's when you find out the background and someone else tells you while they walk away from it but it just gets to be there yeah it's it's a lovely moment and it's a well shot scene yeah i think also two of them go out and have to kill each other was good i also want to throw a special commendation to olivia munn's character in the film like she does a great job acting it but there's i'm always complaining about movies like this where there's characters that refuse to get on board Especially with zombie and horror movies, where there's one character that's like, I don't understand the entire movie. Uh, I think they're still fine. We can save them. It's cool. Like, no, you don't get it. And Olivia Munn is the opposite of that. And I know I was making fun of it in the movie, but really it's refreshing to have a character who's just like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's carry on. Let's go. Let's go. No, just it's good. I'm here. I'm up to speed. Yeah. And she did a fine job acting through that, so I was a fan of that. Yeah. All All right. right. Yeah. Worst thing in the film for you? Uh, I mean... There's a lot of stuff in this film that's wasted, but I'm going to say the the role that they give the wife in general, where she her whole role in this movie is to be like, I love my terrible husband because he's a soldier. Yeah. Her entire thing is, oh, I don't understand my child because he's got super autism, and I love my shitty husband because he's so badass. And you're like, okay, great. Yeah, it's Thank not, you, soldier wife. It's not her fault, but also just generally the, the uh, in, not even soldier worship of the film, but rather the character, just for him. 
was, yeah. was I was like oh, I'm sick of this. I don't care. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need to be this much of a badass for them for me to ca- for him to carry the film for me. No, it's not like the fucking first Predator spent the entire thing going like, oh Dutch, Dutch is the best. Dutch is amazing. You're like, no man, it's an ensemble cast. He's just one of many badasses. Yeah, he's one of the many fine beefcakes that op- that are keeping that helicopter twenty feet off the ground. Yeah, these meat slabs are all here and they're all great in their own ways. And they're one skinny communications officer who's just stuck in the middle of all this meat. This one nerd in <laughs> inside the meat house. <laughs> the rest of them can form the meat car and he can ride inside. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna say just uh, her the the stuff that her character is forced into doing is just disappointing. Yeah, and kind of the soldier worship in general. What about you? Uh, I mean, I definitely am going to say that my least favorite thing was the handling of the kid. I was just gonna say magic autism is gonna be a problem. Magical yeah. autism is always an issue for me. Yeah, and as well, there was one joke that I put in air quotes. Oh, that's right. That was a rough one. Where. Someone says something is retarded, mm-hmm. and this really stuck out to me because literally earlier that day, Jeff and I were having a conversation where we were like, "Oh, you know, we want to. We always want to be called out on our shit. Yes, we want to be better. wrong. Yeah, and and early, early, early in the in the making of the show, like around episode three of Movie Mastery, I said that someone was acting like or like they were retarded or like uh, something like that. Some this, kind of slug. this mechanic is retarded or yeah, whatever. Something like that. It was specifically in a Movie Mastery, and and someone called me out, and I was like, I'm sorry. And since then, I haven't used the word except in you know with with tweezers like I'm doing right now. Oh yeah. Um, I mean it's the. It's like I don't want to say Negro, but magical Negro is the term for it in the same way magical retard is the term for it, and I hate it. Yeah, but in the film, there's a scene where someone says something is retarded. And, and another guy goes, hey, man, don't say that. Pick any other word. And it's 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 McKenna who would have a vested stake in that because he's got a son with a mental disability who probably hears that word a lot. But the, the fact that the film stopped and was like, hey, man, don't say that. Have some sort of like care for what you're saying. I went, oh, holy shit. Thank you, film, and then immediately cuts it with, "Yeah, man, don't say that. His kid's retarded." And you're like, "Oh my fucking Christ! You did not just do that." Yeah, it was oh. kind of a. It took me out of the movie for like a good five minutes as I just sat there going, "Like, how did this make it into the film?" Yeah, yeah, it was just weird because we literally had been talking about that exact thing. Yeah, that that same day, like on our way to the movie. Yeah, it mm. was. It was fucked up, and so that's don't don't fucking put that shit in your movie. You don't need to. There's no need to do this. Oh, God damn it. Okay, so that's Miley's favorite thing. We're gonna give the rating. Each of us a zero to five gives us a total rating out of ten for the movie. Jeff, I'm gonna give this a four. I was not bored. I had a good time. There's a lot of pretty stuff in it. There's room for improvement. All right. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I I liked it. It was good enough that I was like. Three and a half is, I can watch this and it's okay, but I, there was enough wrong with it Mm -hmm. that I was just, I kept nitpicking in my mind, like, Honestly, I probably probably (laughs) should drop it down to a three and a half as well because of the bulletproof thing, Eh. which I might have even said is my weakest link if I had been thinking, because I really hate movies where people refuse to get on board with bulletproof stuff. It's a thing with Godzilla movies where everyone's just like, shoot it! Why? I, I mean, already I hit it with a missile. Why it, are you trying to shoot what, a pistol? What are we doing? I, I hate it in movies where it's supposed to be badass, like when we watch that Metal Hokkaider anime thing, or uh, uh, what do we call those, Sentai movie a long time ago, yeah. where the whole movie was just, shoot this thing. It doesn't do anything. Do it anyway for several slow motion minutes. Yeah. 
I just don't like it. I want I want my smart characters to get on board and be like, oh, that thing's bulletproof. We got to work on a secondary plan. We need something else to do. Yeah. Even there's even a scene in this movie where they try shooting it with pyro bombs so it gets lit on fire. And once it's lit on fire, their plan for what once it was lit on fire was shoot it. Yep. And not even like run up to it while it's going like, ah, fuck, I'm on fire, and shoot it at point blank. It was just maintain your distance from it and continue to shoot like you have before. Like, at least fucking Sterling K. Brown should have run up with his giant laser thing while the Predator was going like, yeah, and like then, point blank blast it with lasers. Yeah, and then he could have had his head ripped off by like a fiery giant Predator hand. That would have been way more interesting than his kind of dying in the background thing. Yeah, that's that's a much better villain death than, oh, I accidentally shot myself. Oopsies. Yeah. Anyway. Honestly, he should have died to Olivia Munn. Eh. Uh, that that's where I wanted him to him go. Him or McKenna? Yeah, I, I don't. Well, Mun needed a good kill, and that's that's kind of one the one I wanted. Uh, yeah. All right. So there you go. A three point or a seven out of ten, I guess. There you go. Seven out of ten. Not not terrible. You could definitely watch it, but mm-hmm. it does for sure have issues. Yes, indeed. So thank you so much for listening. We will of course be back in a couple weeks with another movie mastery, and when you are listening to this, hopefully. I have got my shit together and put up the next month's uh, poll for our next in-theater for October. Uh, I'm probably going to set it so just horror movies that are in theaters are available because, you know, it's thematic. Uh, Next month we'll mostly be doing horror the whole time. I'm going to try and do my... Are you going to try and bring that back? I'm going to try and do Horrortoberfest again this year uh, where I watch a horror movie every single day. If you've got a recommendation for a good or terrible horror movie you want me to watch, I will go ahead and take that under consideration. Please come watch them here. Now that I've started my, my new career as the stay-at-home dad of the house because uh, the girlfriend's gone back to work, I am terrifyingly alone. Oh, that's fine. Yes, please. Please come watch them. Yeah, I'll I, mean, come I, love over. The, I love the girl, but she is five months old and not a good conversationalist just yeah, yet. I'll come yeah. over. We'll watch some shitty horror movie on Netflix, and it'll be great. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. So uh, if you like... What we do here, and you want to support us, you want Jeff to have more than one pair of pants. I don't even have one pair of pants. Well, yeah, he's lost them. Yeah. I mean, he technically owns one pair of pants. He just doesn't have them. I'm wearing a cup of coffee right now. (laughs) I really should have poured out the coffee. Probably. (laughs) Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash system mastery. That supports everything we do under the system mastery banner. It's movie mastery. It's system mastery. It's expounded universe. All of our bonus content that you can find there, we do so much. And in order to do all that and still maintain our life, we do need support from the listeners like you. That's right. So So thank you so much for listening. If you do support, we love you even more. If you don't support, we still love the fact that you're listening to us. It's amazing that anyone gives a shit. It really is. It's weird. I'm I'm having trouble with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we will be back in another couple weeks. Go ahead, go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com to vote for our next in theaters. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. But until then, you have a good one.